Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It is the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast brought to you by the Hot Take Hot Box. Fresh off of a UFC 290 where Alexander Volkanovsky reasserted his dominance over the featherweight division, which he already had. But, uh, you know, people were starting to, uh, you know, just a little bit of a chatter after he lost a close fight to uh, Islam Makachev. He goes out and says, listen, man, listen, Mike, we're not playing around. And he uh, he beats the be- puts the beats on uh, Yair Rodriguez. But uh, I'm here with Ty Capone. Ty, how are you feeling? Did you enjoy 290? I assume you did. It seemed like... But kind of just in the little discussions beforehand, it was a quite one of their best shows of the year. Yeah, I mean, one of the best shows in a while. I saw a lot of people that were there. He said that the atmosphere was crazy, just insane. Usually they do well for International Fight Week. I know a lot of people, including myself, were kind of like maybe down on this card, maybe down on the main event, because usually International Fight Week is what? John Jones, Conor McGregor, Israel Adesanya. Uh, not, you know, not that Volk isn't on this level GSP back in the day, Ronda Rousey. Um, It's usually saved for the pretty much premier uh, top guy. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, why isn't Alexander Volkanovsky the the top guy? You know, I I know a lot of people have him as for pound number one. It's kind of tough for me to argue. It's just that, you know, John Jones is, is active. He's breathing. He's fighting. He has a fight coming up. Like it's really, it's really tough to usurp. John Jones at the go, but man, Alexander Volkanovsky is making it a fucking discussion. He's really making a lot of discussions, I guess you could say. Um, uh, you know, he's getting up there. He's getting towards that that age, that demarcation line of thirty five. But I, I don't think that's going to slow him down at all. I mean, how do you beat him? You have to catch him. You have to catch lightning in a bottle, which could always happen. But like, he doesn't really have weaknesses. You know, he's no. <clears throat> he's starting to train with Craig Jones, and I think that I mean already that has already shown clear improvements in his game working with Craig Jones. I mean, he, the, the grappling he put on against, against the air was, was special. And the, you know, he's just getting better and better. Um, even in his thirties, uh, his, he might have the, the most, the best fight IQ ever. I think John's up there. Um, I think Habib could be up there, but he, you know, uh, GSP was very smart, <clears throat> but man, it's, it's hard for me to really not put Volk in that, in that category, in that, in that, at, at that table of, you know, best fighters ever. It, it, it's getting close. Oh, with, I, I think that that's not even a crazy thing to say at this point. I, I mean, that guy went up in weight and took Islam to the brink. Like he was, yeah. he was right there, man. Like if that fight's another round it might, we might be having a different conversation right now just because, I mean, he, he, it seemed like he was starting to come on towards the end of that. And if they do a rematch of that, that right. is going to be one. How we very curious as to see what the line would be, but I'm with you, man. Like he, the growth he shows in between each of these fights, it just seems like he's one of those guys who absolutely continues to get better every single time out there. He's like a freak of nature with a, a little guy who's like a keg, who has these long arms, who can wrestle. He can throw. He can throw with the best of them. He can outstrike Max Holloway. He can grapple with Islam Makachev. Like he, it's truly. A unicorn. That's I, yeah. the best way I can say it. And I think, like you said, when you go through some of those best fighters of all time, those GSPs, those Anderson Silvas, those John Joneses, 
I think a couple more of these, and you're there's no doubt. Only thing that's holding him back is resume. It has nothing to do with his skill. Because what is he six defenses in? I believe was the number I saw. You think he's, uh, you know, still trying to chase a man like uh, Jose Aldo, and you know he put a certain amount of numbers, you know, in the books for him. You know, featherweight goat and everything. But I got, I mean, you got to say Volk is right there if he has not surpassed him already. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I don't know what else there is to say about Volk. Really, I mean. Well, we could I, talk I, about the fight. We did. We have not talked about the fight yet, which uh, yeah, you know, I guess we'll, we'll start. That. I mean, you know, I guess what uh, what really was there to say for the first two rounds? Nothing, right? I mean, did seven takedowns for Volk? Is that a career high? It has to be. He got three in the first round. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Easily, easily a career high. Um. It's funny because he hurt Yair in the third, and then went to take him down, and then just sat on top of him and fucking pounded him out. You know, most times when you hurt somebody and they go for a takedown, you're screaming at your TV, no, 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 don't do that. But this time, it was just so smart. Um, first two rounds, again, yeah, he pretty much you know won them easily. Third round, Yair, he started to do really well. Honestly, it was easily his best round. Um, and then and then it just came to a screeching halt. You know, I think Volk, used a, Volk is so fucking good at everything. He uses these, like, quick – He pretty much he switched stances – uh, he went from uh, orthodox to southpaw in the middle of Yair throwing a kick. And as soon as Yair threw the kick, he was, boom, right in his face, hit him with that right, sat him against him. Also, Yair hit Volk with a huge right to kind of like the top of the like the forehead. Um, and it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Like yeah. Volk's been dropped before, and it, it, just nothing phases him, really. When he got dropped against Mendez, he, he didn't look right. And he, you know, a couple seconds later, smoked him and put him out. Like, <clears throat> so, I mean... It was always an uphill battle for Yair. I thought he did as best as he could. I mean, you know, his grappling and wrestling is not going to be good. It's, it's never been good. And he kind of invites that because he likes doing damage from the bottom. But, um, like, yeah, he was doing well in the third. Uh, he, he looked good. I'm sure he trained his, his best. There was just there's just levels. And uh, there's really nobody on Volk's level. I really want to see Ilya um, get the next title shot. I, it seems like Dana said they, uh, whatever Volk wants to do, they're going to do, whether that be uh, Islam rematch or... They get Taporia in there. I think they should do Taporia. I think it, it could be somebody that, you know, that gets Volk up in the morning. And I think he could provide a pretty good test for Volk. I might be the only one here thinking that. I could be a little biased. But, you know, Volk's going to have to get a shirt, uh, surgery. I don't, was it a shoulder? I believe an arm. Uh, something along those lines. Yeah. But then I heard of his minor. So, he still might be able to fight. It's you know. Right. But, you know, anytime you have something like that, I mean, he, you know, he was wearing a Band-Aid and, like, this whole, like, camp. He had a cut under his eye. You know, he takes damage. He's getting older. Those things, are, you have to consider those. Yeah. So I think, if, if anything, you know, Ilya Taporia is getting better with every, every passing day. Um, he might, you know, by the time they fight, if it's you know, uh, middle or end of next year, whatever it is, you got to figure he's going to be much more improved. Maybe Volk, minor and minor, slows down. Maybe, probably not. Um, I think he could be a tough test for him, honestly, with his ground game and his, you know, his mix, his combo of stand-up and ground game. Uh, you know, it's it's something Yair doesn't have. It's something that a lot of guys don't have, but, man, Volk has it. So it's really tough to see him ever losing, you know, until he just gets 100%. sparked. Uh, so Now, you're going to have to get lucky to beat Volk in this current yeah. status. Like you said, like, if he maybe were to drop off and I am not – trying to forecast that or anything you could never you never can know like we just talked about Isma Gulov last week like we didn't know 
he was just going to turn into a geriatric senior citizen overnight, and he just yeah. couldn't stop a takedown and really just looked slow. And it just, you know, you never really know. So Volk, like you said, he dominated this fight from start to finish. I had a feeling uh, for all of you who have been following this for some time that this fight would kind of play out in the way of that Frankie Edgar fight against Yair Rodriguez where he just had no answer for the littler guy who could just get inside and take him down and just dominate him. And, uh, you know, it just seemed like a- another roadblock for Yair where he ran into someone who just more skilled and was just at a higher level than him at, at this current moment. So uh, I- although I did think that uh, Yair would do more damage from the bottom, I mean, he did cut him open, I believe, at one point, just like a little, mm-hmm. with a little glancing elbow, but it wasn't really enough to ever deter Volk from taking him down, going into his guard, and, you know, none of those... Bottom submissions or anything were a, a huge threat. Uh, I do think the headbutt played a little bit of an impact. That was nuts. That was a, I mean, that Mark was Coleman crushing was when he saw that. Or uh, headbutt, yeah. sorry. Yeah, that was like very reminiscent of Bobby Green. Um, who did he fight? Uh, Jeff Jared Gordon, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was nasty. And like, you know, he kind of ate it. I, I don't, you know, has a very large, I'm sure, strong skull so i can't imagine you know taking a, a skull to the jaw feels good and it like cracked all, him as he was going in so it was like <laughs> yeah like. i couldn't believe he like no, nobody saw it at first also can we talk about how how just absolutely awful joe rogan and dc are together like i know i say it all the time but holy shit man they are so bad at one point dc was talking about jimmy rivera a story about jimmy rivera being a cop and then he forgot his name and I'm like, bro, what are we talking? Why? Are, what are we doing here? There's a, there's a fight going on that doesn't involve anything. Like we are so far off the beaten path, and now you can't remember the poor guy's name. Um, and then him and Joe Rogan failing to decipher what a significant strike is. Like the the definition of a significant strike has been out for like ten years. Like how do you guys not know? It's it's any strike landed at distance. <laughs> yeah, they're just they are brutal, man. And the one time you know DC's like, oh guillotine, guillotine, and like there was no guillotine even the realm of happening <laughs> they're just bad together man I somehow really by watching all these fights each week feel more intelligent than sometimes when they start calling out these submissions and i'm like dude he's which not, is insane like, like i get like he's he's going for it but he's not gonna like they're like oh this be, is dangerous yeah. i'm like is it that like i i don't want to feel like a snob or like i'm not smarter yeah. than these guys these guys have fought and like you know joe's been around it forever whatever but i'm sometimes just like i, I don't know maybe they get caught up in it Yeah, caught up in the moment, caught up being next to each other. You know, they're very broy with each other. They're probably, you know, maybe a little drunk, maybe a little high, just a little bit. I'm sure they get into their zone. And I think they want to just be the first ones to to notice something. They want to be like, oh, guillotine before anybody else sees it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess so. Like, there's no way I can convince myself that I know more about the fight game than Daniel Cormier. I mean, this guy wrestled at Oklahoma State, was a phenom. Uh, when, you know, one, one belts in different organizations, different weight classes as an undersized, short, fat guy, like he's done, yeah, it. he's done sure. it all. Like, there's no way I know more than him, but sometimes he says things. And I'm like, hey, okay. Man, that's knowing the game is one thing. Commentating on it is a whole different. Oh, thing. absolutely. I've never tried it. I've never tried commentating. And I'm sure if I did, uh, people would be like, yo, this guy, this guy sucks. Need- so they think the same thing about <laughs> me. I think that all fine. the time. I'm like, that's why I try not to, but like, I'm with you though. On some of those, like. They're calling stuff out. You're like, well, like the striking stuff, I kind of stay away from because it's kind of just, like, yeah. I don't know. That's a little bit more difficult to figure out what's going on for, for me for personally. Sure. The grappling, Split though, second. it's like, yeah, it's, it's like certain submissions, you see enough of them where you're like, oh, that one's like, oh, my God. Like, I can't, I don't know how he's getting out of this one. Like, but yeah, for sure. 
Paul Felder, really wish we had him because sometimes he really just shuts up and watches the fight. But yeah. what, what do you got to do? That Bisping and uh, Dominic Cruz on the uh, desk today or, or on uh, Saturday, uh, just just talking about everything in between it. And uh, I like they that. like to bro out every once in a while too, but it's more they like a, I'll beat your ass sort of uh, bro out, which is this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but you got uh, that's that's pretty much all I have to say about Volk. I mean, he's back to number one, tied for number one in the uh, the pound uh, the pound for pound rankings. I believe. I think it's probably fair, right? Yeah. No, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Yeah, I agree. I, I, you know, him, or, him and John, 1A, 1A, 1B, whatever the hell. And I think that's fair. Elliot Tapori, I believe, what was he? Uh, I the next champion. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, that, that's, uh, listen, we've <laughs> talked about that. He's, I'm going to call my shot. Volk is begging him not to fight Max, which I don't blame him either. Oh, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Max Holloway still number one. Uh, Yaya yeah. two. Brian Ortega three, Arnold Allen, then Iliad Zaporia. I mean, that's that's just a crazy run of uh, names to yeah have to go through at a certain you know, and he's gone through most of them that I just named. If you know, and, and he soon could be you know chalking up all of them. So it's but he is. What do you what do you think about um what do you think about the um the fans starting to starting to kind of boo in the first round of the the main event. <laughs> I don't. I just think that they were waiting for fireworks, and they just wanted yeah. some crazy shit to happen. There was a lot of stars in the building, man. There was a lot of people. in the co-main. No, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't ever really like that being there. It's like it turns you into an animal. So yeah, I've been sure. in there, and I would start booing if I heard one person start booing. I would start booing. Just yeah, you just want to be I'm a sure. part of the fucking, you know. The, and I never did the woo though. That that shit. I uh, did, unfortunately. Did you? I, 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 in Philly when I was when we were there. Or a couple people do. I'm like, fuck it. I'm, I got to do it. I can't not do it. <laughs> I just yeah. felt like such an absolute idiot. But you know, like you said, when you're there, it's it's, it's just different. It is just different. So, uh, good win for uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. I personally think and would like them, even though it's not. You know, I just think they're going to be in a pinch. They don't have anyone to do this fight. I think he's going to fight Islam in October. In case he's going to run back from this uh, arm thing. And he's going to get get in there, and I don't know if it's going to be the best version of him or not. But if you really truly look at it, they <laughs> don't have anyone to fight Islam uh, that that day, other than maybe somebody who wins that BMF uh, fight that they're going to have at the end of this month. But Ugh. I mean, who's to say both of them get out unscathed? Because that's going to be a fucking uh, yeah. war. So like, uh, also, Masvidal is uh, going to put the belt around the winner. Of that. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I don't know what the deal is with that, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, look, like you lost Aryush. You, you know, Chandler's kind of taken up. Fazeev doesn't deserve it, so it's like if it's not one of those two, and Charles has already said he's not, he's not going to be ready for that day. Then yeah. who do you, who can you really reasonably sell to the people? And that would be lightweight looking a little weak. Who? Little, looking a, lightweight looking a little light. Yeah, light lightweight is looking light, and that's uh, that's you know. It's a concern for I'm sure, especially them. They they need some sort of life to be breathed into that. And they have some younger guys that are coming up, but they're not there yet. You know, like yeah. a guy like Islam is head and shoulders above. I mean, the, even the the bottom half of the top fifteen. It's just like what what are some of these? I mean, you got Sarukian and stuff like that, but you know, and Gamrot. It's just I don't know. Ismagulov is still ranked. Like, yeah, you know, some shit needs so. to play out. There needs to be some uh, some cards to fall. And, For sure. uh, yeah, that's, that is Alexander Volkanovsky, and that is the best pound-for-pound fighter on the planet, tied with John Jones, of course. But UFC flyweight, we had a new champion. It usually is how it goes. Someone loses their belt if there's a multiple uh, title fight card, it seems like. Yep. 
And uh, Brandon Moreno loses a split decision to Alexandra Pantoja. Uh, I guess before I go into a whole thing about this, I don't know if I really have a whole thing, but uh, it was a great fight. It was a close fight. I do not think it was a robbery. I thought Moreno won 48-47 just because some of those rounds, I think it was 3-5, and five, were kind of split between him dominating the feet and Pantoja taking him down and kind of controlling it on the ground. Yeah. I think that Moreno did a lot more when he had his time as opposed to when Pantoja kind of would just hold him down or kind of backpack and really just get no damage or offense off. And it would kind of just lead to another boring round, but he, you know, it's control. He won, and we we kind of talked about this with the Grant Dawson fight uh, recently. That I just hate, I hate, 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 hate this style of, of fighting. For sure, yeah. I, my dad texted me after the fight. And he said, "Horrible, horrible decision." And I was like, "All right." I, I think sometimes people get carried away with you know that you see a fighter who is controlling things, but it, he's doing it in a boring way, and you kind of you know, take points away from that fighter because you're not entertained and it's boring and it's stalling or whatever else you're thinking. You know I mean? Your biases kind of take away from the fact that they are doing, uh, they are controlling, they are winning that moment technically. You know what sure. I mean? Like, um, and I saw some other people, you know, say, I hate, I hate when people say this. It's like, um, so-and-so didn't do anything. How did they win? Well, how did the other guy win? Yeah, the win? other guy and didn't if, do anything either. That's, that's the shitty you know, part about it. If if fighter A controls fighter B for four minutes and fifty seconds of a round, how does fighter B win the round? He can't. He literally cannot. Mm-hmm. When you have no, so the fifth round to me. I, so I guess if I went back and well, I did rewatch it uh, today. I went. I think one, three, five for Pantoja, and I was going to give four to him as well. Uh, I mean, the ref, the judge, I should say, that gave rounds two, three, four, and five to Brandon Marino, Ben Cartledge. I mean, good Lord. I, I don't know what that was. I don't know how you gave three, four, and five yeah. to Moreno. That's four was crazy. That, I thought four were, or was it? What was the one where he I just held him? I thought it was four, where he held him down for like the whole round. And it was yes. like nothing was going on. I feel like three and five were like the split rounds where it was like, I might be misremembering, mis- but I know one of two of the rounds where, like, he was up for maybe two thirty or two minutes of the round, or two, you know, t- three minutes of the round. And then he got taken down and kind of just like, you know, almost submitted or not even really, mm-hmm. just kind of like, fi- like, kind of threatening submissions the whole time, and he kind of just got controlled. It was just, I yeah. think, yeah. I'm see. sorry. No, go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, I-, I was gonna say, like, you can't really. Although I thought Moreno won when, like, when I thought when they were reading the decision, I I only watched the fight once, so and it was live. Yeah. So, but I thought he won 48-47. I think I named those three rounds. I just I I don't know which ones they are. I kind of get them mixed up. But you really uh, I can't would say be two and four. Way. Two and four for Moreno. I think round one was definitely Pantoja. He dropped him, and then round two, Moreno came out and looked better. Yep. He he busted Pantoja up. So after the second round, um, the commentators were they, – it seemed like they were pro Moreno, but um, Pantoja looked a little tired. He, he was getting busted up, and then the third round started, and uh, he won that round, I think. He, um, he, the striking was very close. He had about two minutes of control time. Uh, the third round was very close, and the fourth round was pretty close too. I think Moreno took that one, but Pantoja definitely made it interesting with the three minutes of control. But I think once they got up, it's like a – minute left Moreno landed 
a couple good elbows at the beginning of the fourth round and the end of the fourth round that I made me think, okay, it's two, two going into the fifth. And, uh, if you looked at the live odds, it was one fifteen, one fifteen going into the fifth. Um, a lot of people had a two, two. And then I, I think Pantoja won the fifth. I thought he, you know, it was kind of even in the striking department, uh, the live totals were 18-18 before Pantoja um, got his back for two minutes and 17 seconds. I'm pretty sure the final two minutes and 17 seconds of the fifth. Uh, he got a takedown and pretty much controlled him for the end of it. So when you go into how you judge a round, how you score a round, you know, you only factor in grappling if the striking is even. And in my opinion, in the fifth round, up until that takedown, the striking was even. I thought they both landed some jabs. They both landed this. You know, Pantoja was really taken into him. In certain, the, in certain points. Fight, I would say I thought Moreno started to like wither away. Not wither away, but like he got He just wasn't doing enough. He got, he it was got crazy. tired, man. It seemed like he was like accepting what positions. And I think that that was the frustrating part of the whole fight is it, it you get one version of Moreno who comes out like a savage and, and takes the fight to whoever he's fighting and just dominates them. And then Round there's two. the, uh, the other. Yeah, exactly. And then there's the other version of Moreno who kind of accepts whatever the other guy wants to do. However, the fight yeah. he wants to play out, he, you know, he lets it play out. The Figgy one that he lost, it was kind of, I, I don't know if it was a split, but it was a very close unanimous decision or whatever. It was a close fight. He let that happen, essentially, because in the other times that they fought, he, he took it to him. He was in yeah. the fight. Even the, the first one where, you know, he didn't, no one really gave him a, as a, or took him seriously as a credible threat then. And he, didn't, he kind of accepted that fight, too. He took the fight to him a little bit, but, like, that second figure eight a fight he came out like a like an animal and he just ran through him like he was nothing the, the last time he was out there what was the the, the figgy fight even the, the kai car france he kind of accepted a little bit then he just you know yeah, decided all right up. now i'm gonna take it you know i'm gonna take him out like i'm bleeding here we go yeah. this fight you said um, he turned it up and then i felt like once he was put into a couple of those grappling scrambling situations he was uh fighting those with such urgency and and like intensity that it seemed like he gassed himself out the longer the fight went on the more he had to do it he just wasn't willing to do it and he kind of would accept being on the bottom and not really getting that like kind of like the floor is lava feeling and pushing himself up it was just he i I really you know i like i said like i thought marina won but i am not gonna sit here and scream robbery or be upset that i lost my decision bet like that's probably why i thought thought the way i thought i thought i had the the right side of this and then it didn't go my way but i can't like, I had a sick feeling after that fifth round, like you said. Like, it was kind of a right down the middle, but you never know how the judges are going to judge these. One one week, it's a, uh, you know, they, they strictly rely on, like, a damage and whatever the guy did offensively. And then in this one, like, he didn't do a crazy amount. He did enough damage, but a lot of it was control. And they, and they rewarded him for those rounds where he did the control and he really yeah. didn't have too much offense, like you said, because it was somewhat even on the feet. So it was, it was a close fight, though. It was awesome. It was awesome, and uh, I think um, uh, to, to go back to the main event when the fans were booing, I think they might have started booing once they heard Julian Pena ringside screaming at the top of her lungs, because I would have started booing too if I would have heard yeah. that. But uh, they did start booing a little bit in the co-main third and fourth, but th- there was little, little mini moments where both guys were kind of just trying to gather themselves, you know, take a deep breath while on the ground. Neither of them were doing anything, and then you'd slowly see, boom, one of them uh, usually it was Moreno who would get three, four reversals in this fight, which is very impressive against somebody like Pantoja, who's, I mean, you know, his, his Brazilian jiu-jitsu is legit, really legit. And he's got one of the best rear naked chokes in the sport. And for Moreno to, you know, 
um, just reverse him and, and sprawl and scramble with him was uh, I was very um, impressed by that. But I just you know there, there was there's kind of levels to that grappling to that jujitsu and uh, yeah I, I thought Pantoja won man if you look at some of the um, the media scores. Jed Mishu, who I, I like a lot, had this fight 49-45, Pantoja. I don't know where the 10-8 comes into yeah, play. I don't know, uh, I don't know if that's – maybe he just made a misspelling, but I think there was like 15 people who had a 49-46 Pantoja, about 10 who had a 48-47 Pantoja, five who had it 48-47 Marino. Doesn't mean much, right? Yeah, it's, um, kinda, it's all over the place. Very just, close you know, fight, very yeah. good fight. Um it, it, I don't know. Brandon Royval wants to run it back. I, I think he should wait his turn. Uh, what do you think about also just a great moment after this fight? Pantoja shouting out his uh, uh, estranged father. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> and then that was awesome. And then them showing Gilbert Burns right next to the family of Pantoja, his wife and four kids, all of them cry, all of them crying. Yeah, uh, that was fucking. That was all. Vera's going nuts. Um, that was fucking crazy. And then um, you know after the fight, he reveals that. Before the Roy Val 50k bonus he got, he was Uber eating. Like, yeah, that, that's a top flyweight for what five years in the UFC who had to, you know, be an Uber Eats driver. Uh, you know, that gets us to a longer discussion about fighter pay that we just not a good look for, for your for your uncle Dana. That, no, and anytime something happens like this, you always wonder, like, wow, you know, it's it's really light. Like Ale- Alessandre Pantoja is, is a household name, always has been. I mean, he beat Moreno three times now. I think that's something we would have also talked about. If we would have had the pod last week um, about fighting somebody again who pretty much has your number, Alex Pereira and Israel Adesanya, uh, in their third fight, um, and just like this one, in their third fight, Pantoja wins, and now it's three and zero against Marino. I know one didn't count because uh, it was on the Ultimate Fighter, but uh, just different ways, different ways of winning. I know Marino has made a lot of improvements. The commentary booth was talking about how much he's gotten better. They didn't talk about how much Pantoja's gotten better. He's thirty three, and he looks. I mean, his, his jab. You know, when he sticks to it, it's fucking awesome. He comes through with this, like, wild, looping left, but it's quick, and it hits hard, man. He dropped him with it. Yeah. Um, and just everything. His, you know, his, his cardio. I thought he was – I'm pretty sure I tweeted third round, fourth round. I'm like, yeah, I think Pantoja's probably done. And he wasn't. That's when he turned it up. So really impressive performance from Pantoja. I hope they run it back again. Um, it's funny that Dana White would run it back, uh, you know – uh, fights with Izzy and Pereira when it was 3-0 or Pantoja Moreno when it was 3-0. But if it's Amanda Nunes and Val when 2-0, he doesn't want to run that fight back. Kind of kind of funny how that works. But nonetheless, he wanted to get rid of this flyweight division. Glad he didn't. Glad um, Demetrius made that happen. And uh, yeah, I, I would love to see a rematch. I would love to see a rematch between Figueredo and Pantoja. But that's, you know, I think Figgy's pretty much done at flyweight, so... Well, Manel Cop's going to be coming to test people's DNA oh, soon, man. so that's uh, that's something to look out for in the future. But for now, uh, yeah, man, Pantoja, and like you said, I thought he was really like cooked towards the later half of that second into the third. And uh, I think if Marino was able to keep it standing, you would have saw that stamina start to wither away much quicker. But Pantoja was able to get into you know grind through that sort of mental block. It seemed like, and he just. Once he was able to get him to the ground, he was comfortable and he was able to work, get his win back, and then in the beginning of those rounds, he was able to work on the feet, take him down, man. He was just he had a good game plan. He fought a really good fight. You can't take that away from him. Uh, Six of eleven takedowns, man. That's yes, just, and Moreno, you would butter. expect it would be much better in the grappling, like not in, in the 
specific to those two, but like I thought he would comport himself better in the grappling yeah. department than he did. He did get stuck sometimes. Yeah, on Saturday night, he, he definitely he, stuck. Yeah, so uh, great fight though. I mean, great fight. Run that bitch back. Run yeah. that bitch back in Brazil. I hope so. Why not? Really? Uh, it's, and I was also not. It was kind of sad. I, I get it. You know, it's in Vegas, and there's a bunch of Mexican fighters who, by the way, pretty much uh, went 0 for except for uh, Jesus Aguilar. Um, yeah, that fight just was 17 booing, seconds. <laughs> booing the shit out of Pantoja. I'm sure he didn't really care over here because he was, you know, uh, going through his own emotions and whatnot. But you know, I, I personally, again, personally, I always disagree with the UFC crowd when they boo anybody or anything. That sucked. I really wish he got a nice standing ovation uh, for, you know, the biggest moment Sterling. of his career. Right. Always do <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. No, nah, but yeah, uh, good good win for Pantoja. And like, like you said, I'd love to see them run this back. They can't really make a be- much better fight than that. Uh, Amir Albazi, guys like that are sitting there waiting. But uh, I mean, nobody's really going to be clamoring for Amir Albazi and yeah, uh, Pantoja. That's going to be like the second, you know, co main. It can't headline its own thing. This, in theory, could headline a card after they saw what ha- what just happened. On Saturday night, so Driscus do play C, man. You gotta be. We're done doubting him. All right, where I am done fading this man. I'm gonna just. Uh, I have to pay my respects because do play C put the beats on Robert Whitaker, man. And this is this was the most shocked I've been watching a fight. And I, it's all the signs were there. You know, beforehand you could have known that this was gonna happen, but we were. I, I was just too done to see. I, I mean, I don't know about you. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this happening, but who would have thought? That Driscus Duplessis would take longer to get Darren Till out of there than he did Robert Whitaker, who he had him curled up in, in the corner, you know, turtling up basically Done. to defend himself because he had <laughs> taken a stiff, stiff jab to the face to kind of just send him into the into the shadow realm. And, uh, you know, his body was there, <laughs> but his mind was not. And Driscus Duplessis, even in the grappling, he was taking him down. He was throwing him around. He was just – he is a powerhouse. He is like the South African fucking Paulo Costa, it seems like. He's a he's a big – I feel like it's under – I underestimate how big and strong he is. Dude, he's a fucking big dude. Yeah. He is huge. I think Dan, uh, Joe Rogan was talking about it before. He's like, man, I never realized how big Drickus is, but I stood next to him the other day, and I was like, man, I can't believe this is a middleweight. <laughs> you know, I don't know if he's big enough to potentially fight – and light heavyweight. I'm sure if there was like a 195, that'd be like his perfect home. But dude, he is a mind. Like, see what he did on the ground. Or like, there was something called a, I forget what it was. Somebody, uh, somebody with much more jujitsu knowledge than me. That I, was that a mozzie toss or a top? Oh yeah, toss? like that shit where you like fold his leg all the way up and then just throw him to the side, basically. Like yeah, that. something like that. Something that you know you don't really see that often. Like he's very unorthodox, and I think he makes it seem like. He makes people think that he's, you know, not very good or a bum or a fraud because of, I don't even know, just the way he fights, just his unorthodox style, his relentlessness, sometimes his lack of cardio. But apparently, he had this nose procedure which uh, fixed him, fixed him up. It looked like, and it. yeah, I mean, his cardio didn't, you know. Not, he looked like it, he was powering through into that second. Like usually, you see a little bit of like I know yeah. we only went seven minutes in this one, but like he was just. Wherever this fight wanted to happen, he was fine with it. And, I mean, Whitaker did some good stuff, but it was just like – and I don't even think this is like a, a situation where Whitaker is like not the same guy anymore or anything like that. Like right. I just think he got beat by the better guy, which is the crazier part. Yeah. It's funny because I kept 
thinking that, you know, Whitaker could get him out of there with a nice head kick. He's done it before to Vittori. He heard Vittori or Gaslam. He broke Cannonier's arm with a head kick. He finished Brunson and Jacare back in the day with a head kick. I was like, you know, I think that could be his, that could be his finishing move. Um, he just couldn't get anything. So Drinka said it himself that when he would switch to Southpaw, he noticed that he would get closer and closer to Whitaker. And he was, man. At the beginning of the first round, it was all, do- Whitaker was doing great. But then he got taken down and he got smashed for a nice, yeah. like 15, 20 seconds. Got elbowed, got cut open. And then once that happened, I was like, man, he, uh, he don't look like he want to be there anymore. That that's what it yeah. kind of like was like. Whoa! He realized like, oh shit! Like this guy is a fuck. Like this guy's for real. Second round starts and you know Drick is is throwing these jabs and he's getting close and close and then he hits him with a power jab that just folds him down. And it seemed like at, as soon as it happened, like people had a reaction, but I think people were more stunned than anything to 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 like muster up a reaction or say something. Um, and then he was done. It was it was done. It was crazy because then he had him against the cage, had him with a body shot, and then hit him with a nice hook that probably was blocked. But it still, you know, it was enough for him to to pretty much again, like you said, sit down against the cage, turtle up, and say, "Yo, I'm I'm good, man. I, I don't want to be here. Uh, I don't know, man. It's it was definitely um, you know eye opening. And then you know, <laughs> Izzy gets in there, and Izzy's just begging him to say the n word back. As Had to have it, right? Oh, dude, he was so drunk. He had because I remember there was a uh, there was a video of him and Kelvin Gaslam embracing and talking. It was that typical bro drunk moment. I fucking love you, bro. Like you're so you're the man. You're, you're my boy. I fucking like we've been there. Yeah. He's been there. You know when you're with your boys and you're drunk and you're telling your boy how much you fucking love him and he's the fucking man and you're so proud of the man he is today. That's what he was saying to Kelvin Gaslam. It was really yeah. cool to see. Um, but you could tell he was drunk. Like he had that. You know, drunk dudes or drunk people when they have that close. voice is cooked. <laughs> you <laughs> always know when you've off. been yelling. Yeah, you're hammered. You've been yelling all night. Just not only because you're at an event, but just because you're hammered and your your yeah. volume just in, in, increases and, throughout the night. <laughs> and you start, you know, talking close. You know, oh, so yeah, you, you, you start talking right in someone's face. It's like, oh my! I he he t- he assured Dana White nothing would happen in the ring. Man, something. I was very surprised nothing happened. Like I thought, you know, he was he wanted Drickus to say the M word, and I was like, man, if Drickus says it, and, and Izzy just hits him, <laughs> you know, we're gonna have a, a bad situation. I'm glad nothing happened. He was begging um, him to say it. And, and that's what I, we were at. The we're like, yo, what is going on here? Like, I was like, literally, was I was weird. like, Drickus, please don't say it, man. Yeah, don't say <laughs> it. I know you probably want to. Really, he did have a good line just, though. Like uh, at, um, at, at, he was like, yeah, oh, that we all African, but you're no brother of mine. I was like, oh, yeah, that yeah. was good. That was good. <laughs> oh, that, that they're was gonna good. they're gonna be playing that on the fucking promo thing over and, I think and over we, again. I, I think we have I think we have a competent um, fight now between the two. Like before, I was like, you know, what, this is gonna smoke. Him. I still think he might. However, it, what happens when they start grappling? I think I think he's in for some trouble. I mean, he, when he wrestled uh, when he fought Jan Blahovich, I know Jan's a big dude at two hundred five. But, like, I don't think he's as technically sound as a wrestler or grappler than Drickus. I actually know he isn't, for a fact. I, I think Drickus, you know, he's pretty much outgrappled Till, Brunson, um, everybody he's fought. Now, yeah. Whitaker. Who's to say he can't outgrapple Israel Adesanya? I think he could. I think he could make it. He, he, if he has uh, Izzy where he wants, like, if he gets Izzy's back or he gets a full mount, like, that's going to be bad news, man. He's a big, strong dude. And I think Izzy's still getting better, you know, in his game in general. But like, that 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 could be tough, man. I would love to see what the line's going to be on that. I'm sure they're going to put that in 
it would actually be cool if they went to South Africa uh, for like that kind of that, that fight headlining their first card there. Probably not. We'll see. I don't know. I know they want to go there. They want to go to Spain. They're announcing Apparently, Abu Dhabi. They're going to uh, Australia soon. There you go. And, and you know why not? Have- oh no, September. September. Two months away. That's what the, the people were saying. Like, oh, this car, this fight's only two months away. Like, people don't even know it or something like that. I'm like, that yeah. would be awesome because it looked like Driscus made it out like unscathed. Yeah. And, and for, for and honestly, as long as he's healthy, for his best interest would probably be to stay in there, you know, stay hot and just run it, run it back immediately. He would, he'd be on a fucking. He's out on an absolute tear right now. And if he were to win, the you know, I guess this fight, he's basically got four wins in the last calendar year. It's Tavares, Till. Brunson and Whitaker, and he finished all of them, but Brad Tavares. Like it seems like he has just hit his stride, and and he yeah, fucking finishes fights, man, like violently too. So he, I mean, he had Derek Brunson. They had to throw the towel in during that one. Uh, Darren Till took a religious beating, and then had an out of body experience. That he came back in the second round. Driscus was kind of like gassed out. You're like, oh my god, this is going the other way. I'm just done doubting Driscus, and I, although. Uh, if you ask me right now, I think this fight would play out a lot like that Paulo Costa fight. If it was just he's going to stay on the outside, he's going to hammer his leg, and then he's just going to you know pick him apart kind of and make him look like uh, like a novice. That that would be my opinion right now. But or at least it was before this fight. Now I'm yeah. I'm kind of just like I don't I really am just done doubting him. I, I've doubted this man enough. He's gotten to this I point. You. I never thought we'd get to this title fight, and uh, I mean. I'm just rooting for a good fight. I want to see a better one than the, that that Paolo Costa fight. Hopefully, he doesn't get hammered the night before the fight. That would be uh, ideal <laughs> for him to not do that. But yeah, yeah. But uh, we'll see. I mean, that, it's going to be inter- more interesting than anybody thought it would be before this. So for sure, might put him on 293 because you know Allberg's on that. Kai Kara France, Tai Toivasa, Casey O'Neill, like all all oh. of these people are on that. So you know, I think JDM. Probably, you could uh, even throw JDM on there. And, uh, you know, well, I guess he's got a fight coming up this weekend. Um, oh, they, really? Yeah, July fifteenth, right? Is that this weekend? He's fighting uh, some guy that nobody's ever. So wasn't he supposed to be on this card? Yeah, he was, and then um, it appeared and then the guy that pulled out Mr. at the very last minute, right? Yeah, his brain. They they did a scan of his brain, and apparently there's like something going on uh, that he they never saw before. I did like, see yeah, some, that. That's right. Some kind of something with his brain. That's pretty terrifying. The fact Why that he just he's fighting Basile Havez. Yeah. So you know. This guy looks like a unit, but I don't know if that's really going to matter. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, I mean, listen, Val Woodburn's a fucking unit. You know, that's a big dude. Well, we're going to get to that. Uh, how about I, – I had this in my uh, in my private life, but uh, <laughs> but once I see you on the scale and you kind of look dead, man, it's, uh, you know, it's a, a big concern. But Dan Hooker, yeah. split decision victory over Jalen Turner. And uh, this was a weird, yeah, interesting. I I don't think it was that. I I mean, I think that's a stupid card. What were the cards on this? Uh, I know you usually have. So them. here you go. This is this is this is the good one, right? So everybody had the first and third for Dan Hooker, which is very seemed fair. easy. Adelaide Bird oh gave the third God. round to Jalen Turner, and he had How? nothing for them in the third round. Nothing. He was cooked in the third round. After the second round, he was like, "Yo." <laughs> He looked like he was ready to call it quits. I couldn't believe when I read that scorecard, that's what happened. I was like, oh, Adelaide Bird? That makes sense. Like, you know, oh, my God. What I don't do even want to. Also, how about Bruce Buffer butchering the same name every time he judges a I saw fight? You tweet that. <laughs> Derek Cleary is now Derek Clearly. Derek Clearly 
Um, he had this fight scored appropriate, appropriately, as did Ron, don't call him Big John McCarthy. Um, dude, yeah, I saw before this fight, I was, yeah, I was all against Dan Hooker. I'm like, he's still talking about Islam Makachev. He's dying his hair. He's getting tattooed. Seems like he's going through a midlife crisis. <laughs> um, and he got rocked right in the first round. Yeah, he was getting rocked by Jalen Turner. And he got Jalen he got literally just cracked with a, with a, like a foot slap that oh, broke his orbit. Like that yes. was nasty, and, and he broke his arm. Like it was. Yep. He um, he's he. I mean, he's he's left the octagon, the cage, the arena in, on a stretcher like five fights in a row. Um, very very concerning going forward. But man, as long as he's around, he's here for a good time, not a long time. Turner coming in this fight was four zero against Oceanic Fighters. That's something I thought was going to continue. I didn't think he was going to eat the shots that Turner was throwing at him, but he did miss weight. Like you said, he was been training with Chimaev recently, but there I really go. think that weight cut just kills him. And, you know, train he's with Chimaev, big. you're going to miss weight. You're going to miss weight when you train with Chimaev. Yeah, he is too big, but he's also chinny. He's also defensively True. inept. Um, I, I, I thought coming into this fight that they had some of the similar strengths and weaknesses as each other, which, you know, probably should have led me to maybe take a shot on, on Dan Hooker, but I did not. And, um, I think the demise of Dan Hooker was was greatly exaggerated, especially by me. Uh, he's won two in a row, fit, uh, finished one of them, and the other one he, you know, the, the, this Turner fight was was awesome. So I mean, he's only losing to Poirier, Chandler, Makachev, and, and the Arnold Allen fight. I think he might even beat Arnold Allen if they ran it back. Who knows? But yeah, he's not done yet. He is not done yet. He's only thirty three, but he always really, fun uh, watching him fight, though, man. It really is. Oh, he yeah, always brings I, it. Absolutely. So good win for him in a pretty good fight that went, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Um, so, yeah. How about Bo Nickel, ladies and gentlemen, taking out Val Woodburn? Val, the animal Woodburn, baby. It's uh, a big dude. There's yeah, and not I, this else. fight, 38 seconds. He cleaned them up on the feet. He was, uh, Bo's, Bo's hands looked crisp. They were catching, he was catching them on the end of these punches. Uh, I had the first round sub. I, I took TKO last time. I wanted to take it this time, but I figured this enormous monster, he was just going to take him down and sub him. That's what I, yeah. my thought was going into it, but he really didn't even have to get there. Uh, you could tell he kind of respected the distance element of it, where he didn't want to get too close to this guy, but he was tagging him up from the outside. Bo just continues to show why he's the number one prospect or whatever the hot, like whatever you want to call him, he is that, it seems. And until he gets a true test... It's really just going to kind of be a lot of these. Yeah. If you were on Bo by TKO, I think you had a, a nice plus 200-ish number because – I know, believe it was 240 yeah. or, or it might have been – it's between 240 and 270 because I had it as well uh, on something well, else. But Right. What would have stopped Val Woodburn from stopping it? What would have helped – what would have stopped Bo Nickel from getting a takedown and a quick sub? Literally nothing. But yeah. uh, it turns out his mom has been a boxing coach her, fucking, her whole life. So I didn't know that. Um, he has pretty good hands. I think, you know, there's gonna be some time where he gets, I want to see how he reacts to getting hit or being in a nice boxing exchange for a prolonged period of time. But dude, we're pushed he back. Is, um, He's never been pushed yeah, back. I right. See, it seems he, um, he gets it. He's one of those guys that truly gets it. You know, he, he's having fun. He's locked in, you know, he, you look at him in the spare time, he's fishing. He's, you know, he's got a nice circle around of people around him. It seems like he just gets it. He said, you know, listen, I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. Uh, I'm just going to go in there and get the fucking job done and not play around. And that's exactly what he does. He shows up and he is just locked in. I think this is uh, this is a legit a legit guy. I know there's a lot of <coughs> obviously a lot of hype on him, and you know me saying that Bo Nichols legit is not 
any groundbreaking news. 27 years old. He's a big boy. He's got nice reach. Like, I mean, he's going to keep getting better, right? I don't, I don't know, man. I think they're going to slow play him, kind of like how they did Kane Velasquez in the beginning of his, his uh, of his career. But that's, there's nothing wrong with that. By the time he's 30, 29, 30, that, that's two, three years. You know, he's going to have a couple more fights, and he's probably going to look like an absolute killer who's ready for a top five, top ten uh, fighter. And at middleweight, you can kind of fast track. I know they're going to slow play him, but like once he gets there, once once he arrives, like look at Drickus, he made a quick ascension to the top, you know, to the title picture. Um, I think he could do the same thing. Like, why couldn't he? You know, this most hype prospect ever, probably. So seems like it. Nothing else to say about this fight, but just going forward, I am I'm all in. I'm completely sold. And if he takes a loss along the way, there's really nothing wrong with that. I mean, uh, you know, he uh, he's here. He's here, and he's ready. And, but the thing is about that is I don't know who's going to beat him in, in the current state. So it's, uh, you know, as he goes up among the, amongst these rankings, he might get matched up with someone when we're like, whoa, like that's, you know, that's interesting. Trishon Gore. Like he's, no. <laughs> and, but he's shown he continues to get better each time. Like he, you know, he obviously is still new to the game and he's a superior athlete. He's, you know, yeah, one of the best wrestlers in the history of, the you know, the NCAA. So it's. He's got the goods, man. The sky is the limit. You, yeah, you can't say anything about the him. The sky is the ceiling. The roof yeah, is the, the roof ceiling. the roof is the ceiling. Never forget that. Shout out to MJ. <laughs> How about Robbie Lawler, dude? Going out on top. Uh, this was our one, two of our big hits of the night was Robbie Lawler money line, which it's insane that the, this wasn't closer to even I mean, money. I, I didn't, did not understand it at all, but uh, I guess they're just basing it off of Robbie Lawler's uh, recent – outings and you know him being old but nico price is may not be old in age he is old in soul it seems uh yeah. it has not looked good of recent and you know the the brian barbarina fight was not good but but nico price is not brian barbarina and vice versa so no different style uh, i mean he's just awesome like to see said. them play that package after the fight show that like, was awesome. you know, all of his highlights he's crying because he's a guy who really you would never think shows any emotion of any sort but uh, I, I'm just – Robbie Lawler has always been a guy since I started watching. Uh, I kind of came in uh, on a consistent basis towards the tail end of his title run. You know, not really – he didn't have a long title run, but, like, you, you know, uh, I was in there around the 2016 and uh, just watching him, even though it was a lot of losses along the way, it was always just exciting to watch him get in there. And you always felt – that sort of you know nervousness because he's a guy who just can shut a, shut a guy's lights off and a fight. Uh, ruthless Robbie Lawler is truly the perfect nickname for him. And Nico Price got that button touched on the top of his head, and he they had <laughs> to wake him up. <laughs> yeah, I thought initially like when he hit him with that uppercut, I was like, damn, he folded that. You know, I know it was a big uppercut, and the power is the last thing to go. But damn, he folded from that uppercut. Turns out there was another left that went to pretty much the temple. Yeah. That, uh, I think the uppercut sent him would have sent him down, but the the the, the left to the temple turned the lights pretty much off. Shut his, yeah, shut him shut him off. Um, beautiful collar tie in the clinch and just boom boom bop and just put him out. I mean that was his first uh, first round knockout in ten years since he knocked out Josh Koscheck in his return to the UFC. Remember he got cut. Yep. Or I guess I, I guess he got cut when he lost to um, uh, Evan Tanner. I think that was a big, uh, a big moment in his career. He lost to Evan Tanner. He went to like King of the Cage, uh, IFL, and then he came back to the UFC. He got that huge knockout of Josh Koscheck. I remember that. I, mean, I, I hated Josh Koscheck so much. 
Um, then he, he just started to do insane things, man. He started to really just go on that run. Matt Brown, Hendricks, Rory. Like, he was ripping off some great wins. That Carlos Condit fight was, I think, better than the Rory McDonald fight, the yeah. second Rory fight. Um, you know, look at who he's fought. I mean, he's, you know, I think he got robbed of a huge moment against Ben Askren. Um, but still, uh, just, yeah, like that, that, that package they had for him after the fight, man. He's somebody, like you said, very stoic, doesn't get emotional ever. And he starts, you know, his lips quivering. He's trying to hold back tears. I was trying to hold back tears. Just a perfect moment. UFC doesn't, I mean, compare it to some other guys like Shogun, the way Shogun went out. It was just sad. I mean, do you remember when Anderson Silva lost to Uriah Hall in the Apex and he retired? That was just like so just dull and yeah. sad. Just so sad. Anderson Silva, of all people, going out without any kind of farewell. And, you know, he got knocked out. And, and then he started boxing after but for Robbie to go out this way, you know, just absolutely chef's kiss, perfect moment. Um, you know, the, the crowd was going crazy from his his entrance. Also, he came in, uh, he came out to, you know, The Last of Mohicans, that, that theme song. Just, you know, from beginning to end, it was the perfect encapsulation of his career. And we don't see it often, you know. Sometimes our, our heroes go out, uh, you know, getting put stiff like Nico Price. But to see him, you know, goes out with a walk-off KO, I mean, what – what better way to go out? Well, if your hero is Nico Price, you have uh, big <laughs> issues <laughs> other than him getting put out. But no, I, I'm with you, though. Like you know, We see all too often in this game where people just get put out the pasture, and it is an ugly situation where they're having to wake the guy up and then say, hey, man, how was your career? And he's like, what? Yeah. What, do you, what do you mean? <laughs> it's not over yet. I still have to fight. They're like, dude, here's a package of you getting... <laughs> Uh, cleaned out. This would, this would be played on every highlight reel for this you know kid coming Ever. up for years to come. So uh, it's just good to see Robbie Lawler. He deserves this kind of send off, and uh, I hope he does stay retired. Uh, you know. Yeah. Who's so. ever said a bad word about Robbie Lawler besides Colby Covington? Yeah, yeah and nobody. he said plenty of bad words about people. So it's <laughs> all part of the all part of the game. Uh, Tatsuro Tiara take went in there and uh, unanimously decisioned. Uh, Edgar Chavez, what's his name? Chavez? Chavez. Chavez. That's just, uh, you would expect Chavez, but it was not. Yeah. Slide, uh, slide an eye in there. He, uh, he kind of, the Tiara really couldn't get a lot of those submissions and the positions that he wanted to in this fight. Uh, I don't know. This is kind of a dull uh, domination, I would say. Not really, you know, not really much to say other than he was just way better than this guy. Yeah, second round, probably 10 8, but that third round, dude, he lost the third round. And yeah. also, man, uh, like I kind of like this Chavez guy. I heard some people talk about him coming into the fight that he's decent, but he's not going to win. But he's, he's pretty decent. I'd like to see him fight again. He kept jumping guillotine. I don't know why he kept doing that. But also in the third round, uh, at the end of the fight, he had that tight. I thought you know the commentators they were like, oh, he's got a guillotine. I'm like, yeah, he's not going to guillotine Tyra at the end of the fight. And then he jumped. He he, he turned into a mounted guillotine. I was like, yeah. oh fuck! Like that's in. and Tyra's face was you know. He didn't. He was not comfortable. But then the bell rang and it was over. I was kind of nervous. I was like, "Whoa!" Like minus nine hundred favorite. Uh, you know, coming close to being tapped out or submitted or put to sleep. There was fifteen more seconds. Who knows? Uh, Herb Dean really had a tough fight during this one. I mean, Chavez had his toes in the cage and he kept telling him to get him out. And, never and then he didn't point. get him out. And then he <laughs> he told him to get his toes out of the cage and he didn't. He didn't take him out. And then he stopped telling him to take him out. He just was like, "Oh, okay." He gave he up. Yeah, like. <laughs> 
I was like, bro, what? Like, let the inmates you know, run the asylum over there, Herb. If, Come on. If that's if that's Chris Tonioni, he's gonna fucking rip your toes out of the cage. He's no nonsense. Sure Keith would have had them that he, that shit done. Yeah, with. he would have chopped them off prison break style. Uh, and then Tatsuro Tire at the end of the first is throwing these twelve to six elbows. And Herb Dean's like, don't you know? Don't throw twelve to six. And then he's like, oh no, you're good. But he kept throwing them. And I was like, wait, what? Like, yeah. what is going on? You're struggling here, Herb. Like, he doesn't speak English. You know. <laughs> so, I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. Also, Bruce Buffer hugging Robbie Lawler. Forgot to mention that. I thought that was kind of You never see that happen. Yeah. Right? I mean, that was that was kind of, yeah. That was awesome. Only but, certain people get that uh, privilege. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, you know, this nothing nothing really great here. I, I do like Tyra, uh, but I think his, his time is going to come, man. He fights somebody that stuffs those takedowns and can kind of take him into a deep fight, with, you know, where he has to really dig, dig deep. It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be really tough, but he definitely has the goods, I would say. I mean, how old is he? He's like 22, 23, so, you know, he's got time to, to figure it out, I think. This is just a, a nice, tough test in the third, yep. but need to see more. I agree. Just a little bit more of the feet. I mean, he throws kicks, but that's like it, man. Denise Gomes, with a huge upset, takes out Yasmin uh, Yuragi, who, uh, I mean, they really. What can you say about a twenty-second fight where Yuri just got absolutely cracked and just put up against the fence, and then Denise let it go, Bruh. and that was it, man. Th- thanks for coming. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no one this saw this This is my most coming. like confident spot of the fight. I was like, you know, man, Denise Gomes was getting was out here getting you know, taken to school by Luma Luke Bunami. Yasmin Howardy. Adagi is going to step in here and fucking smoke her. In my, in my uh, pre-fight write-up, what did I say? Pretty much said, Yargi, Hargi's better everywhere. But she does get hit a lot and hurt yeah. a few times in her, in her career. And boom, dude, the first, pu- the first shot right on the jaw. The second shot right on the jaw. And then the third shot right on the jaw. All, the first three punches were all big runs that landed right on the button. You're not going to win fights if that's how you start a fight. <laughs> you, you know, you got to keep your hands up. You got to be able to... I mean, I don't know. That was just, it happened so quickly. Like, what else are you going to say? And then, you know, Denise Gomez held her up with her right hand against the cage and was hammering her with the left yeah. hand. And her her head was like bopping with the with the punches. It was, uh, I barely you know, I got like, back in the room after, you know, I was grabbing <laughs> another beverage. I came back in and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa what? What? And they're like, oh, oh. I'm like, wait, what's <laughs> happening? And I had to, like, this one didn't take long to go back and rewatch, though. I went back and I was yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah, that's uh, that we really never were in this one. And uh, this pretty much did this start the underdog run? No, I think Menafield started the underdog run. Menafield, Gomez, Gomes, Lawler, and then eventually you know, Hooker, Drickus, and Pantoja. So um, this was crazy. There's four fights that, that went under 40 seconds on one card. You don't see that often. No. Um, and this was probably, the, I think, the biggest shock factor because it's a woman's fight. Yasmin's an undefeated pro- – I mean, people were talking about her as one of the most hype prospects coming out of Mexico ever is what some Mexican people tr- uh, that, that train with her that live down there said. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm all in, man. Her boxing looks great. Her debut was great. But then she got dropped by Estela Nunez in the next fight. And then, boom, right here she gets dropped again, man. She, you know, she might be very chinny. And when you see that in, in a woman's fight, especially at a lower weight, it's kind of a red flag. You, know, you don't see that many chinny – uh, women's fighters who make it very far, to be to be completely honest. So uh, it's something to look out for. And Denise Gomez, she's she's tough, man. I, I believe that's three Brazilians that Yasmin has fought to start her UFC career. So maybe she asks for you know uh, somebody 
trying to think of somebody at 115 that's really bad. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I, I was I was completely floored when this happened. Uh, yeah, I, it is just upsetting when you have a bet. Like we, we had inside the distance, and it was on the other side. Like yeah, it's, it's 20 <laughs> seconds. You were just what? I might as well just burnt this money or. Gone, yeah, you know. I wish I just took the under, but you know anything like else other than what I bet, I, I'd have been up, uh, okay <laughs> with. I was just totally off on that. But what what can you do? It's good, good win for Denise, man. Huge. Uh, Alonzo Menafield, like you said, submission guillotine uh, over Jimmy Crute. I thought Jimmy Crute was going to retire, or did he? I, don't I even, thought he did. I know he didn't. I thought he did. I mean, I he, thought he was done. He, though. as soon as he ta- first off, quick tap. Yeah. Second off, it, I guess there was pressure from his. I mean, Alonzo's a big motherfucker. So I'm sure the pressure was not fun, but I mean, he, you know, I don't think it was um, the most secure guillotine choke. Um, it's also very hard to, you know, submit somebody with that. Um, he, as soon as he gets up, he just takes his gloves off. He looked like me when I played Little League. After the game's over, I'm like, I'm taking my belt off, I'm taking my, my cleats off, I'm taking my hat off. And my dad's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, you know, you like- have to shake hands, you weirdo. Um, I was like, damn, man, Jimmy Crude is just done and like, he might be, which is so crazy because we're both older than him. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, we're both older than him. Like, that's – I don't know, man. He takes some damage. He takes some punishment. Like, you know. Not very it, good. It doesn't, have to, man. it doesn't have to be – it doesn't have to be like, you know, uh, what's what's my guy's name that lost to Sean O'Malley that wouldn't die? Huh? Chris Matinho. Oh, it's yeah. It's not like that, but he just he, he just absorbs big shots from big dudes and like – I don't know, man. It doesn't I take I them well he, either sometimes. I mean, I, I think he might be done. It's really sad to say. I mean, he's got town. He's really young, but, you know, I thought he might have even won that Alonzo, the first Alonzo fight. You know, I know he was, he had his moments where he looked like he was done, but I, I don't know, man. I just don't like what I see from him ever. The way he, it's just not, it's not a good style. He not, had no like, answer for anything in this one. Nothing. The fact that he got submitted by Alonzo, I don't know what the odds were on Alonzo by sub, but I'm sure they were pretty high. Um. Yeah, I mean Alonzo getting tra- trained, getting trained by uh, Pat Barry, you know, really elevating stock. There you go. Good win for him, uh, Jimmy Crute. I uh, not to be mean, the stub will sound mean when it comes out, but I could care less whether we see him fight again. Uh, yeah, he needs to take some time off. He needs to take some time off for sure. Just get better uh, and maybe work <laughs> on his defense. No, I'm serious, because he just takes bombs. And now he's at 205, so that's there's not really a lot of room for error when you get hit. You're you you know you're gonna get hurt, and especially as as hard as he gets hit, it seems like on a consistent basis, and he doesn't really have a way to get these guys out of here consistently, uh, especially the uh, you know now that he's getting up to these upper levels of the of this uh, two hundred five division, he's not fighting the you know Sam Alves and uh, Modestus Bukaki in there again. It's this is three straight losses. Although the Anthony Smith fight was a little, you know, a little fluke-ish, but Jamal Hill and, and Alonzo Menafield, that's, you know, and these yeah. are violent finishes. So remember Serkinov. I, I don't know if Serkinov was fully cooked, but Peruvian necktied. I'm like, you know, getting Peruvian necktied and then getting guillotined by Menafield. He just he has a lot of quit in him. Yeah, uh, pair, pairing that with how easily and how often a lot of holes. He gets, yeah, he gets hit. Yeah, it's all the holes getting filled. All right, uh, Vitor Petrino. <laughs> Uh, got in there. Uh, this guy looks like a monster at 205, just uh, physically. <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah, he looks like scary. He looks a, like a fucking uh, hybrid of Alex Pajeda, like a, or like a clone. Like of a him. Pereira, like, Paulo, Jelton, Almeida 
hybrid. Yeah, and, and he's just throwing this dude around. He's throwing bombs Didn't at him. Didn't get he's tired. Him down. Did not get tired. Like I, I mean, we kind of talked about. We thought he would. Uh, you know, it, remember before. the pleasure man fight? Yeah, like that was kind of like. Eh. Um, I think I might have. Did I bet on the pleasure? I don't think. I, did I bet on the pleasure man? I don't know. You may have. Um, I may. I never will again. That's for sure. But yeah, I mean, he's so young in his career. He's, he's twenty five. He only has what seven fights now. Vitor Petrino Malakis Salavo. Um, I love when Brazilians have just insane names. Uh, Prochnio, I'm man. Petrino by sub. That's another number that probably would have been. I think there's a lot of numbers, a lot of outcomes on this card. You know, even looking at this, like I, I think people thought Petrino would finish him, but not not with an arm triangle in the third round. Like, you know, that was very surprising. I think as soon as Prochnio really felt his power, he was like, whoa, like uh, I'm up against it here, and uh, you know, he it wasn't really that much of a fight. No, you know? it was just kind of like, what is he going to finish this or not? And he did was able to sneak that finish away for us. For the record, you did have the pleasure man that day yeah. uh, inside yeah, the distance yeah. as well. So I had in a TKO <laughs> bet for uh, Petrino, and that did not hit either. So Four we were both losers I mean, that day. Yeah, no, he, this geez. was um, Prochno really just doesn't provide any. He's like just a. I don't even know a generic UFC fighter. Like if you're coming yeah. into the UFC, you want to need to make your, uh, you know, your bones and, you know, want to get your feet wet, fight Marcin Prochnio at 205. Yeah. You'll be fine. How about Cameron Simon taking out Alaska's own Terrence Mitchell, Mitchell, another, Hey man, this was, we, if you listen to the end of the pod last week, we talked about that He's from Anchorage, Alaska, man. That is an easy fade. Every time these yeah. guys get in there, I don't care who they're fighting pretty much. If the other guy has a UFC fight under his belt, you should be, you know, absolutely fade the guy from Alaska. And uh, Simon got him out of there, ground and pound. Thanks for coming. Yeah, we have another opportunity to do that this weekend, I believe. Actually, I don't see him on the card. Disgusting anymore. card he, coming up this weekend. We, we, I'm not going to waste not, any time this week. I guess he's not on this card. He might be on 291. Euros Medic. He is a Alaskan legend. So I think we have another opportunity to fade him. He's also Serbian. It's another fade. Yeah, right there. I don't, I don't take him as a complete uh, Alaskan. Somebody, <laughs> this guy this past weekend, he literally was like born and lived in Alaska, yeah. fought in it's Alaska actually, championships over and over again. It's just yeah, he got a takedown and he had a little bit of control. I was like, okay, you know, he looked okay for a little bit, but yeah, I mean, Cameron Simon's out here kissing his trainer on the mouth. You cannot be a South African fighter. Um, they're pretty much killer be killed. I actually like Cameron Simon a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's what he's. Oh my God, he was born in two thousand. Yeah, like man. crazy to think of. So I mean, he you know he's got a pretty good future ahead of him at bantamweight. Just another you know another young, young and uppercomer, young and up and comer who's ready to bang. So let's get him in there. Hey Zeus Aguilar, brother, how about that? Uh, with what Dude. was just a uh, flatlining of Shannon Ross, and he like didn't even follow up the shots after he was on top of him. He like, looking at him like, oh my god, like wow! I, I just, can't believe I did this. I just shut this guy off. I may have killed this guy. Shannon Ross is a fade monster. I hope he stays in the UFC. Please, one more fight. One just more, one more. One more for the uh, for the boys uh, to just cash yeah. in on uh, Aguilar. I wish I would have taken the TKO. I didn't know that that was this is how this was going to play out. Just took the money line like first. a book. First KO ever. There you go. So I, may, I probably wouldn't have done that. I probably would have taken sub and been all mad at myself. But, uh, hey, man, I mean, great win for Aguilar. Uh, absolute highlight reel. This is another one where, you know, what, you thought I was going to make it to my buddy's house in time. Missed it live. <laughs> came in. The guy, they were waking him up. I'm like, wait, what, what happened? Like, right. I'm like, all right, I won. But, like, what happened? And they showed yeah, the replay. I'm I would like, have loved oh, the known. Boy. Uh, <laughs> that was bad. That was a... 
That was a really Steph stiffening. One. Yep. I mean, Timber. Yeah, off the that canvas. Was that kind of uh, knockout. Like, he's standing over him, like looking at what he just did to somebody, being like, "Did I just do that?" And you look like you want to like pick him up and revive yeah, like, him. help him. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, "Oh so my god, crazy. are you okay?" Jason Hurd, I was like, "Get the fuck out of here! Don't touch him!" Like, all right, relax, bro. But um, all right, yeah, bro. I mean, that was that was just sad. <laughs> uh, how about? The final fight oh, that we're going to talk about, the first fight everyone saw, which was Esteban Ribovic, uh getting a unanimous decision victory over Kumula Kirk. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this? I, I, I mean, it didn't go my way. Uh, our way, I think you believe. I believe you had inside yeah. as well. Just uh, didn't really have anything to say other than that. Yeah, I mean, he stuffed a lot of takedowns from Kirk. Uh, Kirk did get some control time, but... Uh, it wasn't enough to do anything. El Gringo, Esteban Ribot. I like him a lot. I think he, you know, he starts. I think he's good. I like his hands. His, his cardio is a, a question, or no? Was, yeah, it's a bit of a question, but I think it's, you know, he's he's. I think he's also pretty young, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he's twenty-seven. El, El Gringo. We might have another, uh, you know, pretty good Argentine, 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 Argentinian. Uh, I like him at one fifty-five. We'll see what he, you know, what he does next. Cam Kirk was moving up. I know yep. he had a six-inch reach advantage, but he was moving up. Um, and just not really a great style for Mr. Rebovich. So we'll see if Rebovich gets matched up with a, a striker or, you know, a more impact wrestler. We'll see, but good win for him. Marino and Pantoja get 50000 Uh Whitaker and Duplessis was what, performance tonight for Duplessis. And Denise Gomes. It's $50,000. So a couple of those flash knockouts didn't get any money, which was – I didn't like that, but uh, – Yeah, that's tough. I yeah. mean, you know, what else, Jesus Aguilar is probably like, what do I have to do to get 50K? I mean, 17 seconds is a <laughs> – that's got to be one of the quickest flyweight fights ever. And, uh, you know, you can't, you can't throw me a bone. Robbie Law is probably like, hey, I could have used 50K on my way out the door. But – Well, you know, um, it's classic yeah. uh, Mr. Krabs, uh, Dana White. Uh, just yeah, we're not giving and not giving out. We're not giving out thousands. anything anymore. Yeah, three. It's almost it's 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 a fight of the night and two performance of the nights each card. That's only three for a 13, 14 fight card. Like, come on, brother. Yeah, especially when it's a big card like this, you can. I think you can go into the pockets a little bit after you're. You love to tell us how how many records you break every time and all that. So all the you records, know. you know, there's like how many uh, ads are in the ring. Corona on one corner. You, you can't tell me you don't have the corner. money to give out these fifty thousands. You know, the fighter pays yeah, one thing, wanna... but these fucking bonuses you could give them out after these guys have just laid their life on the line for. Uh, yeah. For I don't want to hear but, it. Yeah, exactly. So that was UFC two ninety. That was uh, that was the weekend, pretty much. That was the the main thing that happened. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about other than, you know, you got a Francis Ngannou and and Ty, Tyson Fury fighting in Saudi Arabia in October? I really don't care about that, to be honest. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's happening. Uh, yeah. we, it's funny that we still don't know. There's still some details we don't know about. It. It's fully announced, but yeah, we don't is know it for the belt. Is it not? You know, like oh, they, I, I really think the WC is going to create a belt here. They have to. Um, they always do. They like making shit up because they're a bunch of corrupt fucks. But also, you know, going to Abu Dhabi, good for Francis. Honestly, you know, he's got. How much do you think he's going to get for this? Let's say twenty-five million at least. God, right? I mean, something he, crazy. They're going to fork over this money. Because <laughs> he's going to get beat up. Yeah, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I would love to see him floor Tyson Fury. I mean, Tyson Fury is going to make him look small, and that doesn't happen. So, you know, it depends what shape Tyson Fury's in. If he comes in looking fat, dude, and he's a little slower, like, I can't imagine he's going to be able to eat. I know he ate Deontay Wilder's biggest and best shots, but I have a weird suspicion that if, if Francis catches him clean, 
<laughs> you might put him out. I, oh, know, for maybe sure. I'm just, maybe I'm a little, you know, naive in thinking that because it's Tyson Fury, you know, but I, I don't know. It, who knows? That's why I think people are going to tune in. That's why people, I mean, listen, this is the fight he was angling for his whole, t- this whole time, whole time. You know, he got, UFC wasn't paying him like, no, no, we're done. We're done. Signs with PFL, gets a seat at the table, gets a cut of the ownership, but he's not going to fight until next year. So he's kind of in limbo. Yeah. Boom. You get this fight. This is per, this is exactly what he wanted, exactly what he needs. And I'm sure after this, he doesn't really have to worry about money ever again. Honestly, this is, this is pretty much a career defining fight for him, a legacy fight, if you will. I'm happy for him. I I don't really care because I'd rather see the boxers fight the boxers and the MMA guys fight the MMA guys. But, you know, if you're going to say, hey, we got Maurice Green and uh, Francis Ngato, I'll definitely prefer this Tyson Fury match yeah uh, over that yeah that that is with it goes without saying it's uh i i don't care for these for the most part but this one is a little bit intriguing i just have to see what kind of bullshit rules or i mean they're saying it's going to be boxing and everything and then it's just like is it professional like i don't know like if it's professional yeah, then why aren't the belts on the line like i i don't know it just i don't want some bull like if, if francis wins i think you should get all the belts like as crazy as that is but that's kind of what you get when you want to fight a guy like this for the money and, you know, like when Floyd and uh, Connor were fighting, although Floyd had been retired, you know, didn't really have any of the belts necessarily. It was still for like his undefeated number and everything. Yeah. Like that, there was still some shit yeah, on the line. Yeah, exactly. It counted. Absolutely. It was a professional fight. So that's what I think they got to do with this one at least. So to get I mean, who me knows involved. when we get, yeah, who knows when we get the live poster or the live official announcement, it could be something would be like, oh, six rounds. Ten you're minute like, rounds each. What? Like, yeah, you're like, what? Like, <laughs> like, we just saw it with Canelo. Everyone thought Canelo and Charlo was the ger- the older, the bigger. Charlo. Turns out he's fighting the younger, smaller Charlo. They 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 dropped the fight poster, and it was Canelo versus Jermel. Everyone's like, wait, Jermel? That was Jermel. That's who this was supposed to be in the last three years. It's <laughs> no, but like that was the craziest thing ever. I couldn't believe when I saw that announced on Twitter. It was Jermel, Charlo, and not Jermel. I was like mind blown, and everyone's like, yeah. Uh, I guess this is what we're doing. This <laughs> is what we're doing. So everyone lock in. Uh, and, appara- and if J- Jermel Charlo wins that fight, which is, you know, it's going to be tough. He, he could be in the ring after that fight holding eight belts, his four and Canelo's four. That would be fucking crazy. Cra- I don't think anybody's Floyd Pacquiao's anybody just been standing in the ring holding eight belts, but uh, that'd be crazy. Jerron Boots Ennis, absolutely. I mean, he put this guy via through the fucking meat grinder. That was just a decimation uh, I mean, he was moving in slow motion. It looked like in some, I don't know if you saw any highlights. But, I did. Um, he was like slowly walking Spinning towards Spinning around him and, like, him and shit. I like mean, he was, uh, you know, he was just playing with him. And he's, he's next up. I, I don't, you know, nobody wants to fight him. Um, I think he should fight the winner of Spence Crawford whenever, um, whenever we can get things situated. End of the year, beginning of next year. That's what I want. But we have Stephen Fulton, Nia Inouye coming up in a week from today. On a Tuesday, yes, a Tuesday, 8 a.m. <laughs> wow. Um, Naya, in a way, moving up. Stephen Fulton moving down. Stephen Fulton from Philly. Uh, if he fights any any way like he did against Brandon Figueroa, I think he's fucked. But if he fights the way he did against Danny Roman, he could win this. It's going to be very tough. Naya, in a way, is a lot of people's pound for pound number one. And most people's top five, top three. So that'll be next, a week from today at 8 a.m., which is just, you know, that's very early for your boy. Very but, early for your boy as well, man. <laughs> um, we have KSW this week. It's actually a pretty good card. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, we have a brutal, brutal UFC card 
We're going to have a full I, show about it, man. That's going to be we are. a fun We're going to get into it. I have, some, oh, please. I have some thoughts for sure. Uh, you know, I'm going to give one away real quick. It is our boy, Terrence McKinney. Putting him as an underdog, that's fine. We'll take that. We'll flip that odds. He's going to smoke Nazim Sadikov, just saying. Uh, but then we get, you know, we, have, we get to London in two weeks. Molly McCann's in the co-main. That's disgusting. You know, I'm going to be booing her for my JSB, TV. JSB, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, if you ever watch it, it's a good arm part. Voice cracking a little bit. Paul Craig is making making his return. So, you know, London card, uh, you know, yeah, whatever. But the 291 card, man, I can't wait. Cannot wait for that. 292 should be awesome. 293, they're shaping that to be, shaping that up to be something special. 295 with John Jones and Stipe. So I, I think we're going to round out our year with a pretty good card. I mean, nights like 290 really just make you as, a, as an MMA fan, as a UFC fan, as an MMA junkie, just fucking, it makes you excited just for, just for anything. You know, I mean, that's that's one of the moments that really uh, you just love love the sport. We'll be back later on this week, man. We're gonna have a full breakdown of this card, including you know, oh, how many? Thirteen, fourteen fights. Hopefully, we don't lose too many of them. But you know, we got you yeah, know, we, Jack Della Maddalena in there. Uh, you know, just chilling. Uh, he should be point. the main event. Even it doesn't he's matter really, who he's fighting. Although he should be. It's you know, we got Holly Holm and Myra Buena Silva getting in there and we will have yeah, Hammer the over in that Yeah, we'll have a full that'll be a, a snooze fest. You might as well just go out after you see that one, but uh, <laughs> we will have a full breakdown, ladies and gentlemen, about that card and all that you need to see this upcoming weekend. This has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am Tiger Pone, and as always, don't drink a drive.